Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Mella, Josh, and Lacey. Before we get going, just a quick little pledge. Find us on any podcast platform of your choosing. Like, follow us, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that helps us a lot. Find us on social media at Cinephile Attack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode, you can find us uh, at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com, and you just might get an episode like this one. I don't know about just like this one, but yeah. Yeah, this one's going to be this one's gonna be special. Um, <laughs> we appreciate your presence. Thank you for pressing play, and uh, enjoy the episode. Hi. Hey. Hey, Rashawn. How are we doing? Good. Good. I watched a really great movie on Amazon Pride called Catherine Called Birdie, starring Andrew Scott and Bella Ramsey, uh, written and directed by Lena Dunham. I put off watching this movie for a long time because of my personal feelings about Lena Dunham. I mean, I was a huge Girls fan. I loved Girls up until the final season, and then I just kind of finished it. But, you know. I put off watching it for a long time, and I'm so sad that it took me so long to watch it because Belle Ramsey is just a gift. They are so talented. You can't take your eyes off of them unless they are uh, sharing the screen with Andrew Scott. <laughs> he's so good at everything, man. Andrew Scott, I, I have loved him since Fleabag, but he is just, he's unreal, and he plays like the part in this is Bella's father. He is like this drunken, disorderly leader who has to marry off his unruly, crazy daughter because they have no money. Birdie has absolutely no interest in getting married, obviously. Um, So it's Birdie's journey on fighting romance and fighting... Uh, against the patriarchy and trying to be their own person and Andrew Scott's uh, (laughs) journey into fatherhood, really, being a father. Um, It's really fun. It's a really easy watch. Highly recommend it. Lacey, do you know about Andrew Scott's new show? Do you guys? They're making a Mr. Ripley TV series and he's playing Ripley. I don't know I've, how I feel about that. I feel good. That's how I feel. <laughs> I've never seen the movie, but isn't it also based off of a book? I feel like I should read yes, it. Yes, I think it, it is. is. Patricia Highsmith book, yeah. I love that movie. The movie so rules. Much. But I mean, it's Andrew Scott is, is crazy talented. So Mel and I had a, a lazy day, and we got to watch one of the movies that a certain host on this podcast spent some money on during our movie auction, and we both watched Cocaine Bear. Ah, yes. Oh, that's right. It's, oh. on, it's streaming now, right? Yes. It is on Peacock. Yeah. Cocaine Bear. That's the movie. <laughs> that's it. That's really it. Spoiler alert, the bear does some cocaine. A and, lot of it. Uh, does some crazy shit. Yeah, that's not a, a negative at all. That's just what was advertised, and that's kind of what the movie is, and there's a really great sequence in the middle of the movie mm-hmm. that kind of like hits the peak of what that premise can be and then the rest is just is cool it's fine it's a bunch of great actors slumming it and fun i i, I wanted you to get your opinion on this because the big the big dig a lot of people had on it was that it was like unnecessarily violent or like some people said cruel even mm. but those kind of people don't watch Sam Raimi as much as you do, so I'd love to know your opinion on it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm very <laughs> desensitized, so yeah. maybe I'm not the first, best person to ask, right. but I did not find it 
any more violent than any other animal attack movie right you know like, yeah i, th- I think uh, it may be <clears throat> it may be through some people off because the trailers and and the marketing is so like i mean what cocaine bear was wasn't at the oscars or the sag awards yeah, or something like it, it seemed very much like this is goofy fun elizabeth banks directed this you know her she did pitch perfect and now like, it's... <laughs> i could i could agree with that but i think like once you're watching it the violent again i am also desensitized so the mm-hmm. violence to me but you're like, desensitized because of real life so right real life and living with Rashawn. so it's just a little <laughs> bit of both i feel like it comes as a shock to you but only because you're like holy shit but not really that you didn't expect right the gore or the violence yeah, hmm. I mean, pay pay attention to the ratings, guys. They're, right, yeah, like that's they're there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Also, you're but, signing yeah. up to watch a bear high on cocaine. What do you I expect? Did say, I wish I was watching it with my ten year old nephew, but that's also mm. because he's a he's a he's a menace, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> we just started him too young, and he would love it. Anything I've been in my TV bag. Just, uh, we got Abbott Elementary. We got. Yellow Jackets. We got Ted Lasso last week tonight with John Oliver's back. It's Bob's a good time. Burgers to be, is back. Bob's Burgers is back from their hiatus. It's a good time to be a TV viewer in the Better household. Have you started Barry? Uh no, we're we still haven't caught. Yeah, Barry just started. We haven't caught the first two episodes, but Barry's back for its final season. I saw. Um, I think it was one of our listeners, Mason, posted that. Uh, so Mason, um, that the finale of both Succession and Barry will be on the same night. Woo! The two final seasons of a two of HBO's best shows will be on at the end of May, I believe. That's crazy. So, yeah, Barry only has I think like six or eight episodes. Bill Hader's directing every single one. Well, so that's amazing. I need to catch up with season four, three, three. This is four. I need to catch up with three. Anything else? Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Get into it. What are we fighting about today? Lacey. Rashawn. What's up, girl? We have uh, a listener request. Today's a listener request episode. Um, So we will be, I'm sure, fighting about the city of lost children. The City of Lost Children is a 1995 sci-fi fantasy film directed by Marc Caro and Jean-Pierre Genet of Amelie fame. It's written by Genet and uh, Giles Adrian. Apologies for any mis- mispronunciation. Uh, the movie stars Ron Perlman, uh, as well as Judith Fate, Daniel Fork, Joseph Lucian, and Dominique Pannon. This movie tells the story of um, what? <laughs> it's a city, and there's some children, and it's lost. No, give it a give no. it a good one. I know, I know, I know, I know. There is a man, a, a very intelligent man, who has been unable to dream, and so he devises a plan to kidnap children and. Uh, relinquish their dreams not only to give him his back but also to keep him young um in this city there are uh, um, a host of characters who all kind of converge and interact while this plot is being either put forth or thwarted by some of these characters and um whimsy ensues this uh movie comes to us from I know we've said this before, but this might be in the running for the best email we've ever gotten from anyone by a listener by the name of Jordan Buma, who is a the brother of another great listener, Michael, who I guess found the show through through their sibling connection. So welcome. Thank you, Jordan. And his email reads as thus. Dearest when cinephiles attack. You lovelies, you spice cakes and a pumpkin patch, you wonderful, filmy rabble-rousers, you jubilant winter bitter bundies, you moon-traveling schmarm farmers, you delightful unsqueaking hinges. <laughs> I have a movie suggestion for you. You feel buttered up? Good. That was, that was, that was 
that was the idea. Sorry, I have a typing stutter. Listen here now. <laughs> Listen. Listening? If you like any kind of production design, prop work, set dressing, and practical effects, this movie is for you. It's from 1995 from one of my favorite directors, Jean-Pierre Jeunet, and it is The City of Lost Children. The City of Lost Children, in all caps. I swear to you, if you love anything, you'll love this. It's the cat's night clothes, it's the bee's thighs, it's the biggest thing since crumbled bread. <laughs> this is... If you could see my face right now. It's so good, you'll urinate out the back of your head. Whoa. The quality is criminal. Criminal like you, assuming your name is accurate and you are cinephiles who actually go out attacking people. <laughs> you should stop attacking, by the way. It's bad for your reputation. Change your name to When Cinephiles Talk About Movies. Also, Lacey. Lacey. Yeah. Lacey. Oh, I'm so excited. What? My brother Michael was right. Mama Mia, Here We Go Again is slightly less good than you claim, in my opinion. <laughs> You're losing me. You're losing me. However... I respect your movie taste. I respect it. I respect it more than the people recording with you. Hey. Oh, God. hold on. Damn. And you know it. I do now. I must apologize to you because I know you're going to hate The City of Lost Children. I think you'll love the accordion stairs. That's probably it. However, everyone else will love it. Hmm. I highly recommend it. Also, you can trust my brother, Michael Buma. He rescues hyenas from the Toronto black market. If you indulge in the meat of hyena, I will stop listening to your podcast. Sincerely, Jordan Buma. Jordan. 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 That <laughs> is an email. Couple I've never things. met you, but I want to give you the biggest hug in the world. Oh my God. I just like, can we be in a writer's room together? Well, let's let's. I, I want to ask a few questions before the writers' room. Okay. Jordan, what's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> Everything <laughs> okay? <laughs> He's great. Did you just listen to that email? <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. <laughs> it, it it had that beautiful uh, tinge of chaos, where like anything could be a lie and anything could be true. Right. I loved it. It's kind of shit I love. Coyote it. thing? No idea. Hyena. 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 Whatever. See what I mean? Insane. <laughs> More importantly. Someone wasn't listening. Read it again. <laughs> <laughs> my head was spinning when that was going on. More importantly, your comments on the predictions of the outcome of this movie. Lace with sarcasm, I hope. I, I One can only think. I guess let's find out. Shall we? Let's, let's find out. <laughs> So, first of all, I do have to apologize to Jordan because he sent us this email last year and it was supposed to come out around December. Scheduling happens. Movies got bumped. But here we are. Secondly, I watched this movie and I can attest, I can confirm the production design is out of this world. The prop work. The practical effects, the world building is is incredible. Can't speak to the rest of it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so sorry because you are so impassioned and so genuine. And this movie obviously means a lot to you. Or was he? Or... <laughs> This is the best troll in the history of, history of when cinephiles attack. I'm saying. Honestly. I don't know. But guess what, Jordan? I watched this movie. We're calling your bluff, motherfucker. Hey, don't call our <laughs> listeners, motherfucker. Chill, Josh. Oh, I've called them so many things. You're going to draw the line at motherfucker? My feelings on Amelie are, are recorded and out there in the, in the podcast first. So... Outside of this and, and that movie, I've only seen Alien Resurrection, Jean-Pierre also directed. And, um, you know, this is just not my jam. It's not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I don't, I, don't I, I think I claimed this 
request because the email was so passionate and so unique. Having, if I had read through it again and maybe screened the movie, I would have passed it over to to my dear co-host. Yeah. Me. Carmela. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Twist of the century. Carmela loves this movie. We don't know. We don't know. As it stands, I do think there's some great charm to be had in this movie. I think the relationship between Ron Perlman and Judith Fate is is so well done and, and really heartfelt. And that's kind of the through line that I had to grab onto. You know, when you're watching a movie, you gotta you gotta find something. And that emotion between the two of them was what touched me the most. I'm probably gonna hand the episode over to someone else. We'll see. That being said, I'm gonna save them for last and I'm gonna go to Carmela. Um, when I said I didn't know, just like five seconds ago, we do know. We do. I'm so sorry, Jordan. I don't like this. I don't. Really nothing about it. I didn't hate it. I I think I also have a hard time saying I hate film, you know, because it's something, it's art, it's out there. But I had never heard of this before. Surprise, surprise. But even when I just saw like one still from it I was like this has to be the same director from Amelie and it is like Rashawn said my thoughts of Amelie are out there as well would I watch Amelie 10 times more than this absolutely (laughs) I can recognize that it's a quirky whimsical film but is it for me it's a fuck no (gasps) oh my god oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it has certain things that like gave me nostalgic feelings like something about it reminded me of james and the giant peach maybe it was the octopus sisters the old willy references so like there was some some things in it that i was like i get it but it's just a no it's a no sorry this is also a first in addition to it being a listener's request this is also the first movie on the pod, I believe, that no, none of us had ever seen. Mm, Correct. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is for blind watches, which is interesting. So mm-hmm. in, in another way, on top of many, Jordan, you are uh, one of our unique, amazing listeners. Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what the hell was that? What the hell was that, Jordan? <laughs> Every time I thought I started to have like a grip on like, okay, I understand the rules of this world. I understand the parameters we're in. I understand what can be done, what can't be done. Mm-hmm. A flea shows up with <laughs> with Bane's venom from Batman. And then... And then it goes on a little further, but that that was one of the mid mid movie twists. And like then all of a sudden, the floating brain from Teenage Ninja Turtles, <laughs> Krang, he starts saying the most vicious shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it opens with right a hundred Santas. Prepping for an orgy in like a kid's room. It's not an orgy. Prep? I said prepping. I said prepping. They are not. They never got to it. <laughs> I had fragments of enjoying this movie. One, there were fun moments. There were. There were like positive moments in this movie. I can't say overall I hated it because I didn't. I don't know. I don't know if I can say it's a bad movie. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie right now. Mm-hmm. But also, I I enjoyed watching it. Really? With Lacey. Ah, I enjoyed. Uh, okay, I enjoyed watching Lacey watch it. You have me in a first half. You really <laughs> did. I enjoyed watching Lacey watch it. Man, I don't know. Gun to my head. What was the point of that movie? Um, tell my family I love them. Uh, like I don't know. Dude, I don't know. Dude, I don't know. Because uh, Amelie, I can get, I get grasp the the underlining theme of love and 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 obsession and all that. Man, I don't know. A lot of dogs in this movie. That was cool. There's a <laughs> lot of dogs in this movie. 
great. I had to start off with the three three bitter betties. <laughs> Just get those out of the way, Jordan. I am sorry for what is going to transpire over the next 60 minutes. But I can offer you a silver lining in the form of our fourth host. Take it away, Lacey. Jordan, get behind me. Michael, get behind me. I don't care what you said about Mamma Mia 2. I will die for this movie. <laughs> you just might, girl. You just might. Uh, this is my first viewing. I can't believe it is my first viewing. I can't believe I've never seen this before. I ate up every second of this weird, creepy, bizarre, fever dream of a, of a fairy tale. I loved every minute of it. All the best parts of Amelie and Penn's Labyrinth put together in a movie starring Ron Perlman. I, I, I'm like over the moon. I, I don't, I hope you were being facetious in your email about me not liking it because, honey, we loved it. We loved it. I got you. Who's surprised? In a... <laughs> Another WCA first. I'm going to relinquish control of this episode. <laughs> Give it to Lacey. Did you come up with a game, Rashawn? I have a game, so you okay. can pass it back. Okay. But I don't want to be a negative Nathan and host this episode because we didn't have a great time. Look, so... Look, I'm going to intercept that pass real quick. I'm still not positive that Jordan even likes this movie. Yeah, I don't know either. Listening we, to that email, we don't know. We have no idea. As someone who would uh, is also a self-proclaimed scamp, Jordan could be full of shit. Well, well, he he has requested a few other movies. Are they, they bonkers? Are, they are idiosyncratic. So he, he, this might mm. be Jordan's so Jordan, final taste is not up for discussion today. So so Jordan is being a scamp in the sense of knowing what this movie. Knowing what this movie is and requesting it from us. Game recognized game. The scamp card stays. We got us. We here. Thank so, you. I, okay. <laughs> you you were in from jump, Lace? From jump. Like. Okay. Okay. Car- Josh sent the video in our thread mm-hmm. of literally the first scene of all the Santas coming in the room. And Josh is like, what the hell? Am I even watching? What is going on? And I was like, can you shut up? He's clearly having a nightmare. I know. Stop. Let me enjoy this. Let me have this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It lost me for a second when I don't, was it a reindeer when the reindeer shit on the floor? But that, it was so fast. I was able to move past it very quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's creepy and vibrant and fucking weird it's bizarre mm-hmm. can can we agree that it ram it, it, it rambles a little bit no oh Lace. Lace. <laughs> <laughs> where does it ramble i don't i don't know if it needed to be 120 what are you talking about mr how long was babylon three and a half hours don't hey hold on no, you can't you can't backtrack. It's it's already on the on the vinyl. I'm just Are we saying. On vinyl? Ooh. 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 A WCA vinyl? Oh Your favorite Fs on purple? <laughs> what do you want to hear? What do you what do you guys want to see pressed onto vinyl? It it it, it, it uh, ooh. Hmm. There's a lot going on. It, it reminded me I and maybe I mentioned this during Amelie, but it, it reminded me of pushing daisies a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Pushing Daisies has the great advantage of being a TV show. And that massive scope can kind of breathe a little bit on a, on a series. This did not breathe. So where, but what ram, what part of it did we not need? What part of it rambled? I could do without the clones. I could do without Oh my the God, they were so great. Are you Acting kidding? wise, yeah. I don't think anyone in this movie is bad. Like, everyone's fully committed. The The twin sisters, phenomenal. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. But it's all... It's all coming at you fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you go to the buffet, you don't put everything on your plate right oh, away. Uh, well, hold on. Time yeah. out. Time out. Time out. Time Have out. you been to a buffet with the betters? 
kind of everything do. goes on the plate. I hate buffets. <laughs> the, the roll, the roll on top. <laughs> I, I think we talked about this Thanksgiving episode, but Roshan, are you a food splitter? Of course he is. What's that? Potatoes, turkey. Like, are, is yeah, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch. Oh, I'm a. Yeah, it's a. I'm gonna it's mix like, that shit up into a slop and put gravy on the slop, dude. That was this movie. No, I don't. No, I, I don't. it wasn't. <laughs> Carmella. <laughs> this movie was. was I didn't say. I didn't. It was a plate splitter. It was a I, splitter. No, it was. I said it after he said slop. I didn't yes. mean that it was a slop. I just meant that the plate was full, baby. <laughs> the plate is full. The plate but is full, but it's sectioned off. Here's the thing about that. I don't like the implication that my slop is negative. I like my Thanksgiving slop. Continue. Right. Own, own it, baby. Own it. It's yours. I can't argue that there's a lot going on. I can't argue that maybe it could be shorter, but I get why it's not because I do think everything that's shown is necessary however that doesn't make me like it more but just as i think this is a fairy tale like uh, Lacey said it's a fever dream in a dream there's everything there's things that like don't make sense that you somehow in a dream make it make sense and then when you're telling a dream out loud you're like wait what you know what i mean and i feel like that's what this movie is here I am defending this movie. I didn't even like it, but this is this is my thoughts on it. It's you literally know? about dreams and dreaming. Right. Like, of course, it's going to be psychedelic and bizarre. What I think I had an issue with, which is the same thing I had an issue with in Amelie, and I think that's more me, is that there's so much happening, and then it's also in French. So I'm like having <laughs> to read subtitles, and then watch what's happening and at least in pan's labyrinth i can i can understand you know what i mean i don't have to read as much but in this i'm just like okay wait one is his brother or his dad huh like there was like just a lot of that where i'm like okay now we're too far gone and i'm just gonna hope to catch up later and i don't think it like leaves time to catch up so you just go to imdb later and you read about it (laughs) (laughs) oh what 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 do you take away lace because you you obviously enjoyed it the most or solo but what did you take away most from the movie if someone was like what is that about i think it is a story about i think it's a story about selfishness and empathy and friendship i feel like cronk he's the the old man I feel like he is very much like the beast without the redeemable qualities. He's up in his tower. He's in his castle, you know, and he is like literally the entire city revolves and is run around this evil man's desire to live forever and dream. I guess not literally the whole city. The underbelly of the city revolves around it. So much of the story is about redemption as well. Like the whole, I don't remember his name, but the carnival head that gets his redemption arc from the octopus twins and... Marcello. um, Marcello. Thank you. And even one has redemptive moments throughout the film. And it's a story about friendship and brotherhood sisterhood family found family i don't know it's a it's a story about good versus evil those are all points that i agree with and i can't argue with i have a question about a part parts people portion of this movie if the cyclops cult is removed does this movie change how are they going to get the children without them the clones delivered the children to the Cyclops, remember? And the, in that big moment, one of the clones was the one like leading or someone, maybe not to the site. Maybe it wasn't a clone, but a clone like a clone picked them up from the Cyclops. So why can't people just deliver the children right to the tower, you know, or to because they clone. look creepy and cool. <laughs> can't argue that. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 
You got me there. <laughs> that kill was that kill was naughty. That was dude. insane. I, when he made him watch yeah. himself get strangled. Yeah, it's crazy. That's I, crazy. I love the ideas in this. I, I really do. I just don't think. I don't know. It it doesn't come together in a satisfying way, in my opinion. It just kind of happens. Um. <laughs> not a fan of that which i've obviously it's my weakness but i just need a i just need a little more law and order what did you think about the rube goldberg section of her tear waking a parrot which upsets a dog which scares the, or which angers the owner which like all of that which co- the, the, no no <laughs> do it do it no i'm just saying no I, it's it's that thing where it's the answer to that is well it's a fantasy anything can happen mm-hmm. I'm like yeah anything can happen but I, I I need to be invested of some in some sort I can't just like sit back and and in awe and wonder why at any and everything <laughs> why why can't you do that I think that's what I had to let go I had to relinquish all control as soon as I saw the shots and. Just the way that it looked, I'm like, I got, I got to let go. Things are gonna happen, <laughs> and it, they're, maybe they're not gonna make sense, and that's okay. But it's gonna didn't, happen. Didn't seem okay to you, still. Seems like that didn't work. It still didn't work on me, but <laughs> I was just there watching it, like, all right, you know. It's not something like I said I would pick up and enjoy the fact that like, what the whole thing that you just said, the tear to the bird to the bird to the dog. Like, wh- by the time we get to the end of it, I'm like. Are you serious? The whole time I was like, she's still getting choked out during this. Hey, yeah, she's, she's, she's gone. Suspend she's your disbelief. She's gone. For five dude. minutes. It's not. It's not I'm, about needing realism, though. It's just about. I just need it to be cohesive. I'll suspend my disbelief as long as she suspends her oxygen. And for that part, it. I did. I had to suspend it for like ten minutes. It wasn't that long. Was not that long. Wait, what did you just say? Say it again, Rashan. It's not that I need realism. I just need it to be cohesive. What about this world isn't cohesive? Like this world makes complete sense to me. Well, it doesn't. But <laughs> to me, but I but said that, it makes complete sense to me. Well, I'm saying it doesn't make sense, and that's part of its charm. But I feel like there's a way to invite us into this world, and at least ground us not in realism but ground us in an anchor and i don't feel like i i think sometimes when there's a world that's created the movie can kind of get carried away and showing us how outsized and how how weird you can get and that's fine in fleeting moments but i feel like there was never i never felt a moment of except with me at one i feel like those moments where they were together and even when he thought she, that he lost her and, and she fell in the water. Those were the moments where I was like, okay, yeah, more of that. Where once you've got us in this world and you've established how weird and how zany it can be, let me ink, let me grab onto something. And I feel like it was just like, okay, no, yeah, but I got more. I got these conjoined twins. I got this this circus performer. I got more, and I it just gets lost in the sauce. I feel I like one is much. that anchor, though. I think that's like. I think one is the anchor throughout the story, at least in my opinion. It's my opinion. Uh, Lacey, I'll tag in here. Rashawn, in another one of Lacey's movies, uh-huh. your biggest gripe was that too, there were too many rules. There were too many rules set up and explained and spoken about. I'm talking about Christopher too. Nolan's Inception, baby. And so... <laughs> oh are we just looking for... Are we looking for a golden ratio of like... A nice happy medium. Of of rules explained and world explored. I don't need you to explain everything. It just has to make sense. No, it doesn't have to make sense either. Our anchor in Inception is Cobb. And our anchor in the Lost City of Lost Children is one. I'm not defending Inception. Like, whatever. (laughs) You know, okay, speed it away. Oh, here we go. Oh, How's moving past it, right? I personally didn't oh, no. love Spirited Away. I liked How's Moving Castle. Those worlds and those movies are 
kind of strange, right? We can agree that, to that. But there's, it's not really people. It's only a few, like there's characters. But there's something about those where the world makes sense and just a small, exp- like little explanations that's just like, ah, and then we're in. Where I'm like, yeah, there's like monsters coming to a spa and then they get in the spa and they chill for a little bit. Like that makes sense. We don't have to explain why they're monsters. They just are. And I feel like in this movie, that little explanation is gone. Where it's just like, which I think is what Rashawn's trying to say is like things are just happening and we just are expected to be like, that's just how this world is. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That's just how it is. But that's what I'm saying is in, in the spirited away and house moving castle, that is just how it is. Like we have a fucking door that leads to another day or room or time and we're like, okay, cool. But it makes sense at the end of it, right? I feel like in this one, it's just like, okay, there's a flea that does this little Bane's work. A flea circus. That's a thing. But you know what you know what it is? In Howl's, which I think I liked the the most out of those two, I guess. I liked Howl's more, yeah. The weird things that happen are not plot driven. They're just world building and setting. And it's it's like an aesthetic. And I feel like in this, it's there's just too much plot without yeah any explanation and, and things things can just happen these people can just be like in house movie castle there's a character that's just a flame mm-hmm. i don't need to know how he got there or where he came from but that's just that's just this world that we've established and here that would be a whole side story happening alongside one and miette and and the octopus and and there's just too much plot in this movie with not enough set up payoff and emotional stakes. Does that make more sense? I think this movie isn't vignettes. I think it's all the plot <laughs> happening at the same time. And then we get all the payoffs at the end. So I didn't say that word. You have to choose if you want one story or if you want vignettes. You can't have both. Jordan, what are okay. you talking I feel like Jordan, <laughs> sorry. I feel like this is going to be like episodes of the past, colon, WCA. But, okay, Adam's Family Values is a movie full of vignettes. Why are we but doing the this? Anchor, but, but hear me out. The anchor of that movie is the Adam's Family. Every single vignette has to do with the Adam's Family. So it's fine. Me saying that and Adam's Family Values was not a knock. It's just that's that's how that that, that movie is is set established. Up. That's yeah. how that movie is set up and mm-hmm. written as just like zany things that happen to this family. This movie is not vignettes. It's one big sprawling movie that plays like a, a book. Yeah. All of but, these things we're saying, Lacey's like, you fuck yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> So why don't you like it? To me, it's honestly just difference of taste. I'm not saying one is bad or good. No, no, I'm no, just saying yeah. it's just. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I have said it. If I have, correct me. But I'm not gonna say that this movie is bad. I just didn't. I really did not enjoy it. It, it just, yeah. It's like Mel said. It's a matter of taste, and this is so far removed from my taste. <laughs> but even something like Howl's Moving Castle or or Spirited Away, I was able to lock onto like. Like I said, the ma and and the visual medium of that. And this, even visually, is just not my thing. I think visually it's so fun to watch. Apparently, in order to get like the the really high saturation and uh, color scheme of the movie, they like paled everyone down and then were able to tint the film in editing to make so like they were all padded down to like clown white that's really skin and then they tinted everything up to where they looked normal but then it heightened all of the setting and everything around them which i just think is so cool there's a there was a lot of yeah there's a lot of stuff production wise in this movie was like oh shit they did that in 95 yeah like Mm -hmm. especially a french movie that you know they don't have the budget of a big american blockbuster so 
I mean, even all the stuff with the, the clones, they did some pretty sophisticated stuff for the time. It's, the production is really impressive in this movie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of impressive, shouts out to Ron Perlman because found out he doesn't speak a lick of French. Crazy. But he learned all of his lines in French. He was the only American on set. And like at the end of it, I guess all the French people were really complimentary about his lines and how well he said them and acted them. And that's fucking rad. That's... Mm-hmm. French is not easy. <laughs> no. He looks like such a baby. It, yeah. <laughs> he looks so little. And he's like the strong man and he's so little. And he's so tiny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he's very good at this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of his best. Yeah. He's, I, I think he's more compelling in the nonverbal moments. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he's bad, but mm-hmm. just playing off of his face and, and some of the tragic moments. When just, it's... When it started and he was only like grunting and speaking in like one or two words, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh, that's, that's, you know, and I didn't, I didn't think he'd speak French because it's Ron Perlman. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They hired someone who doesn't even speak the language to be basically a mute in the movie. And I was like, that's, this is going to be neat. And not that it ruined it when he spoke, but I was more excited at the concept of them having to work with and travel with this strong man who barely spoke at all, let alone their language host is there anything you wanted to talk about <laughs> um i just another thing that i read that i thought was really cool but i don't remember their name but the costume designer came to the director with their ideas and their uh their sketches and what they wanted to make and the director was like there's no way we can't afford it and the costumer was like i will pay for it out of pocket <laughs> So they, like, helped fund a huge part because I think the costumes are just as important as the the scenery in the production. Yeah, totally. We we haven't talked about what the octopus twins, what are they called? I love them so much. The octopus? I think it's just called octopus. Yeah, the octopus. That, like, and the blocking when they're making dinner. Yeah. Dude, that was so impressive and so cool. And the way that they just... pick up and finish each other's sentences these two actresses they are phenomenal they were mm-hmm. they made such a hard two characters seamless mm-hmm. completely seamless like josh that scene where you're talking about where they're cooking where one is scratching the other's arm and the other is reacting to the scratch i mean it's just it's so well done it's so well done. And I love their final demise. Like, I love, you know, they go down in a fiery burst of flames together while tearing each other apart. And their boot I love just it. pops up. <laughs> this might seem like damning praise, but I feel like there's so many excellent ideas that are executed exceptionally well, but they're in search of, like, a cohesive story that brings it all together i know i know i know the story is okay once upon a time there was an old man named kronk who could Uh no longer dream he was evil and mean and selfish so he enlisted the uh the cyclops the gang of the cyclops to kidnap children the purest form of beings in the world in hopes to steal from them their youth, their creativity, and their their joy, um, and take that on himself. That's a story. Also, there's two freaky ladies in it that uh, run a child thievery ring. <laughs> yeah, it's a seedy underbelly. What you're saying sounds great, and is very fantastical. And very intriguing and a nugget of an idea and maybe the first 15 minutes of the movie. Inciting incident, a little boy gets stolen and his brother is sad about it. So he goes on the journey to get his brother back. Gets the, there's the story. The inciting incidents, a, a random carny gets stabbed. That was crazy. Oops. Okay, one, that was their father. Two. That was their father? I didn't know that. Yes. I mean, I inferred that because that they are sense, brothers yeah, and he right. was the older man yeah yes okay so that was the inciting incident but again 
none of that, none of the rest of the story would happen if the cutest little hungry boy I've ever so seen cute. in my life. Dude. Talk about <laughs> phantom thread hungry. So <laughs> this down. little boy uh, loves adorable. to eat. So cute. And the his final, little burps. The final frame. <laughs> Being a little burp. Um, anything else? We didn't talk about um yet. Uh, I thought she was hardcore and spunky, and Ron Perlman is such a presence. She had to like really be something special to be his his counterpart throughout the movie, and I thought she did an amazing job. Um, and then we didn't talk about uh, Muriel, the wife of Kronk. Again, I she is the perfect amount, in my opinion, the perfect amount of creepy and yet motherly, and I, I thought she was wonderful. That haircut ain't doing it for me, though. She looks like, um, uh, what's her name from Spirited Away? Uh, Poof. I thought she looked like um, Incredibles, Edna. That is two different hairstyles. Yeah, but same energy, you know? <laughs> I was giving yeah. more the witch from Teen Witch. Yes! From, um, That's who I thought of, too! Yes. Goulash. I didn't, I didn't fully understand the ending. Like, what why he, he blew up his creation? No, I, I get why the why Beard Boy blew everything up and he kind of he had a mental break and then whatever. But the the final dream sequence of why did she get older in the dream but he got younger but that also caused him to die. Like I didn't full, the the final dream trading. I in, didn't fully understand. This is my interpretation, and again, I've only seen it one time, so I'm probably completely wrong. But my interpretation of it is when Kronk goes into the dreams he becomes the child right so that is like his grasping at youth that's you know how he survives which we see when she picks up what she thinks is her brother and he transforms that terrifying transformation from little boy to old man so scary so the deal that she makes is i will stay here and i'll be your dreamer if you let him go Mm -hmm. so that's why she becomes old. She becomes his age as he becomes takes young. her age. Yeah, mm-hmm. as, as he becomes young to his own demise because then he gets caught in the dream, kind of Inception-esque. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I'm over it. I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's what they say all the time if you all the time throughout the movie they said like if you wake them up now they'll be dead like you can't wake them up in the middle of the dream so i think what happens is the dream clone comes in like the clone's jobs are to maintain the children maintain the machine keep kronk happy so by taking what they see in the dream as a child to the chair Making the child dream their own dream over and over again makes Kronk go crazy and die. Good job. I'll take it. <laughs> Calm down. That all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's a it's 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 a lot. Can we agree on that? It's a fairy tale fantasy. I mean, fairy tale fantasies are our, our hero slays the enemy, wins the day. She did. Yeah. If she yeah, had not but... chosen to switch places with him and trap him? No, I'm saying I'm 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 implying the the simplicity of fairy tale fantasies. Yeah, but like it's a dream too. <laughs> I I get it and that ex- explanation makes way more sense than uh what was in my head which was nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> It's it's dense and I I feel like a rewatch or two might clear a lot of it up now that I know what I'm getting into. You about to do it? No, he's not. No, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not. Mm -mm. But I do want to give it some grace because, you know, I do. I do. I really, really do. I don't like not liking movies. It, it like, burns a part of my soul. But, god damn it, I didn't like this. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. So, thank you. To the brothers for uh, this suggestion, because this 
this will definitely be a rewatcher for me. Is this a Christmas movie? No. No. It made right? me feel when it started, I felt even more awful because I thought it was a Christmas movie. We and we missed to it. do it last, yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, Jordan, I'm so 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 sorry." <laughs> but we did it. We're here. Yeah. And then the reindeer um, shit out, shit it on the floor. Cut that out. That there, we can take that part out, Rashawn. Okay, and then it'll be a nice cohesive story for you. The reindeer shitting on the floor. Who would like to play a game? Me. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch like or a mile. I am guessing games. Today's game is called Dreamcatcher. And here's how it works. I have been having terrible dreams. (laughs) One might even say nightmares. (gasps) Oh, maybe. And I need the three of you to help me decipher the dreams that I am seeing. I think every night I go to sleep, I'm thinking of a certain movie. But I need you to help me decipher which movie it is that I'm thinking about. So I'm just going to throw out things that I've seen. Terms, objects, items, people. And I need you to help me. So when you feel like... A a bougie explain a movie badly. That's all I'm saying. I would like to call it word association, but... (laughs) Whatever. Um, so I'm just going to start throwing out, telling you what I've seen during the night. And when I wake up, I want you to tell me what movie I'm dreaming about. Yes? Yes. The twist on this formula, I'm so glad you asked. The key to winning this game is to have the least amount of points possible. Mm. So there is a point for every every word or phrase that I say. Once you figured out what movie it is... Buzz in, guess the movie. If you are correct, you get to disperse the points to your other two co-hosts. <gasps> you need to have the least amount of points by the end of the game and also make sure that your other two co-hosts do not win by having a large amount of points. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. First night, I dreamed of dust. Wait, uh, Mella. Dune. <laughs> that is correct. Dust, the sky, island. <gasps> Lacey. Peter Pan. I think I was dreaming of Peter Pan. Yes. What? I was also. Fairy I also saw a clock, an alligator, a sword, and a hook. I wouldn't have gotten into a hook. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Come on, Josh. Uh, Lacey, you have three points. To distribute between Carmela and Josh. <laughs> Give them all to Carmela. Ah! Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> she was more mean. <laughs> so the night after that, I was dreaming and I saw blonde hair. I saw a white picket fence. Mella. The Stafford wives? No. So this is not right. Lacey. My week with Marilyn. No, that doesn't sound right either. Um, uh, got another one. Lacey. Blonde. No. It's wrong. Wrong. So wrong. I saw blonde hair. I saw a white picket fence. I saw an inhaler. <gasps> Josh. Is that um, my girl? No. Lacey. The page master. No. These all sound great, but I also saw a Ghostbuster. I saw... It's not my girl. (laughs) I saw a toolbox that had underwear in it. And then I saw Julianne Moore. Wait. What? Lacey? The kids are all right? No. (laughs) I think I was dreaming of the hand that rocks the cradle. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, oh. Crickets, dude. Uh-huh. Crickets. <laughs> Great one, two, three. That four, one was for Rashawn and Rashawn alone. Out of those six things, I'm just going to divvy it up evenly so everyone gets two points. That seems fair. God damn. 
Ernie Hudson was the Ghostbusters. Okay, thank you. Mm. Okay, the next night I was dreaming and I saw a Bluetooth. I saw a stapler. I think I saw some confetti. Maybe a fanny pack. Mm. Lacey? Office space? No. Mella? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, That's what it was. That's a good one. Okay. You have four points to divvy up. Um, three Lacey, one Josh. Yeah. That seems fair. That seems fair. Okay. I also saw dryer sheets and stacks of paper. Sausage fingers, huh? I know. That was too easy. Too easy. Okay. The next night I went to sleep and I saw a pigeon. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Mella. Did you dream of Home Alone? No. That's a great That'd guess. be crazy Good to pull out. <laughs> I also saw a hoodie. I saw a dollhouse. Um, oh. There was a band. Yes. Did you dream of Hereditary? I did dream of Hereditary. Yes. Mella, you have three points. Um, Two Josh, one Lacey. Uh, I haven't got one right. Just trying to make it fair. Josh and Carmela are in the lead with five points. Lacey, you have six. Great. Okay, the next night I went to sleep and I saw a dress. A dress. A dress. (laughs) I heard some 80s music, maybe? I saw a glass of pink lemonade. There were butterflies flying everywhere i think there was a broken tail light and a cupcake and mella bridesmaids that's bridesmaids <laughs> the 80s music it i was threw thinking me of off it, threw me <laughs> yeah, off yeah i was thinking like teen witch yeah pretty in pink mm-hmm. yeah wedding singer come on that's six points that you have to damn, damn. we'll do Four for Lace, two for Josh. What? You you opened the game with, with dumping. Okay, for... watch yourself, Josh. Oop. You haven't gotten any yet. I Oop. know. I'm keenly aware. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the next night, I went to sleep and I saw a camera. Hell yeah! I saw a coin. I think it was someone's birthday. There were balloons. A monkey? Nope, hang going back down. <laughs> Mella? Is it nope? It's nope. This seems like really unfair. What? No, Mel's just, <laughs> that Mel's I'm just getting in. it. Mel's killing it. Rashawn had it last <laughs> night. I had nothing last night. <laughs> no, Carmella, you're doing amazing. I can't do this. This is not working for my brain. <laughs> uh, Mella, you have five points to divvy up. Just add it. Just let we'll do. We'll give Lacey three and Josh two. Five. Five. That's what I'm saying. This is a crazy night, but um, I was dreaming. It was at night. There was a lot of blood. There were nails. There. Lacey. Bride of Chucky. No. Close. There was a moose. What? There was a book. Oh, no. (gasps) Yes! Mella? The Evil Dead. Yeah. That was The Evil Dead, yes. I hesitated. (laughs) I knew it, too, dude. Uh, Mella, you have the last five points of the game to divvy up. Just give me them all. Put them on yourself if you're bad. I dare you. No. You haven't done the the math? You don't know? You don't? I would have ten. How much do we have? A lot. You gonna risk it? You gonna play it? Do you wanna dance with the devil? I don't think you have ten. Well, if I put five on me right now. Oh, okay. But do I have ten? Don't do it, Mila. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not falling for the phone. If he would have won, if you did. <laughs> Who would have won? Josh. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> for that, Josh is getting four and Lacey's getting one. <laughs> <laughs> We end the game in last place. Lacey has 14 points. Josh has 13. And Carmella is the winner. 
of Dreamcatcher with five points. Woohoo! I hesitate. That's going to haunt me. I hesitated for Evil Dead. I should have just. See, this is the difference between all of you and me, though, is you all were like, ah, Evil Dead. I went, Cabin in the Woods. Clearly. Uh, (laughs) Ah. I mean. That's a pretty good guess, though. Yeah. Congrats, Mella. Thanks. Yeah. You bodied that. She feels great. Yeah, that was, you kind of ran the whole thing. I hope I have the same look tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we are having a game night, and uh, it's probably going to get a little competitive. A little. Jordan. My dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do we say? Lacey, I'm going to let you have the floor for a second. I think we can all agree that this movie has a lot going on in it Mm. i think we can all agree that the actors are great they do a really good job with what they're given Mm -hmm. and i think we can all agree that none of us will ever forget the city of lost children it is a is a memorable movie a memorable watch and also thank you for one of the best emails we've ever gotten ever Listener interaction is like, besides arguing, our favorite thing mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And movies. And each other. And our family. And Meh. our dogs. <laughs> and we end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation where we connect an actor from <laughs> this week's movie to an actor from next week's movie. So, who can find a connection between... Ron Perlman, and one of the stars of next week's movie, Christopher Plummer. Sorry. Who is it? Ron Perlman to Christopher Plummer. Oh, easy. I got it. Just kidding. I don't know. Oh my god. <clears throat> I think I got it. Oh shit. Let's hear it. I'm gonna use marble. Okay. Oh, uh, no. Okay. Can I? She, she never does it. She can. Okay. Let it's me just say... Carmela's episode. <laughs> just it's give it to Carmela. Your episode. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get if I get it in shorter. Or if you get it in shorter, then you get it. No, 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 do it. I'm using cheat. Okay. Ron Perlman was in Hellboy with Doug Jones, who was in fucking, oh my God. Hocus Pocus with Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh my God, I forgot. Fuck. No, you got it. You got it. I fucking forgot. For sure. Ron Perlman's in. No! Shape of Water. <laughs> no, you cannot assist! Oh, no. I thought you were gonna. Mike... No! No! Whole no! I thought you were with gonna. Michael Shannon no! is in Knives Out. No! <laughs> I was gonna go to that, but I you cannot piece remember. Of shit. You're, a, you're a piece of shit, and I hate you. Guess, you know what? Guess I I'm can, gonna still be the host after do, all. I can do it faster. <laughs> what? Uh, Ron Perlman was in Nightmare Alley with Tony Collette. Uh, he was in Knives Out with Christopher Plummer. That That's the same. It's the same. You, no, it's different because it uses a Ryan Johnson movie. That automatically shaves. <laughs> so did I. I, went, I was going to do Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker to Thor Birch, who was in Ghost World with Scarlett Joe. It was like going to be longer. Who was in Avengers with Chris. Who was in Knives, Knives Out. I. Congrats, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone got a W today. Um, I guess I did get to watch this movie yeah, for this the movie first was time. Yeah, like, so what do you mean? That you can the be biggest my win. Because you didn't win that game. Uh, I know, Rashawn. Well, oh, my God. Well, I'm not coming over anymore. Bye. I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> um, That is congrats. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and me. <laughs> Editing Rashawn, you decide. <laughs> <laughs>
that is it for this very special listeners episode, listeners choice episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we would love if you like, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, anywhere you get your shows. Find us on social media at Cinephile Attack, Instagram and Twitter. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode like this, or you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From the city of lost children, I'm Sean. Mella. Josh. And Lacey. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We love movies. We'll see you next week. Sweet dreams. Bye, motherfuckers. Oh, this is. Oh my god. I took too many melatonin. <laughs> Look at that.